second time we've done that. This is the second time we've done this this week. I'm going to leave that in. <laughs> it just it didn't make sense. But then a lot of what's happening in the world at the moment isn't making sense. But we thought that there would be no tennis to talk about. Yeah, we were worried that we weren't going to be able to even do a <laughs> weekly podcast. And here we are having to re-record it because yesterday we recorded it. I was almost done with just about ready to get it out. And then Roland Garros drops a bombshell and it all kicks off. How surprised on a, a scale of one to ten, ten being just out of this world surprised, were you with the news from Roland Garros that it has moved to September? Quite surprised. I'm not going to lie. I think I knew it was a possibility in terms of something like the London Marathon has been postponed until October. That was the first I'd heard of that happening. Um, And we also had the Euros have been postponed until 2021. But that seems to make a lot of sense. That seems to be quite an easy movement. But in terms of the annual events, it becomes quite difficult. Um, But when it comes to tennis, I was not I was not expecting them to postpone it. I was expecting it to be cancelled. And I was not expecting them to go what, seemingly rogue from the, the rest of everyone <laughs> in tennis and just put their marker down and say, this is when we're doing it. Even though there's lots of other stuff on that week or those two weeks, they've just said, this is when Roland Garros is happening. My first reaction was great. It's happening because so much has been cancelled. So my first reaction was, wow, this is going to take place. And that is such good news. And then secondly, it was, and this is, I know the players have have a different view because obviously there's different things for them to take into consideration. You touched on, there are other things going on. But for someone who enjoys it as well as works on it, is that, well, fair play. There's such a crowded season. And now we're dealing with, with half a year, not even half a year, just a tiny chunk of the back end of the year for rearrangements to take place. And as you said, there is stuff going on that week, those weeks, but... That was why Lever Cup initially took that slot because it's not the busiest of time. There was a little gap, and yes, that gap has been filled. And it's, uh, but wow, I mean, the reaction from whether it's been other tournaments, players, people working in the industry has been we, the only choice we had was to do this podcast again because for a start, it was all that we were talking about. When we were WhatsApping each other, we spent about 20 minutes just talking about this. Yeah. So it was it was sensible that we redid the podcast again because the, the difficulty is in the current climate is that podcasts, unless you're doing them daily, and, and we did have a listener ask if we could do them daily. I couldn't use the excuse that we had lots of other stuff to do. <laughs> so, so busy. Because we don't have lots of other stuff. To, there are little bits and pieces we need to be doing. And I've got the boys look after and you talk about you're going to help out your parents and sort some stuff. But uh, no, in this case, we had to talk about this again because it is, it's, it's a big thing. But there's part of me saying, and you were saying this a little bit before we started the podcast, Fair play, fair play to Roland Garros. They, they've they've seen a, a window of opportunity and they've taken it. Yeah, I, I put out a tweet actually as soon as I read it saying they've just called first dibs. Why, I know everyone's complaining that they didn't consult anyone else. And when I say everyone's complaining, everyone's complaining. So <laughs> as in the players are complaining, it seems. Um, Lever Cup and therefore by extension Roger Federer is complaining. US Open is complaining. Um People are not happy with what they've done, but it seems like there's going to be a scrap for dates at the end of the year because realistically, it looks like that is when 
people have at least an element of confidence that we might be able to get back to normal. And the US Open's already got a pretty handy slot there at the beginning of September. And this French Open is now due to start six days after US Open finishes. Wow. Amazing. Rafa's going to have some double time to do, defend two titles <laughs> back to back. Well, it's interesting that Guy Forger, the tournament director of Roland Garros, has said that they did speak to Nadal. You have to think that's a wise move. You can't not, not speak to Nadal. But again, I do think that the from what I've read, correct me if I'm wrong, that Guy Forger spoke to Nadal in terms of letting him know this is when we're moving the tournament to. I don't think he was consulting him and saying, what do you think we should do, Rafa? <laughs> Rafa doesn't know. None of us do. There's the, you know, and I, I do think, I know we've had Vasek Pospisil, who is very vocal when it comes to the players. He's on the player council and he is always driving for player rights. He wants a union and that sort of thing. And he came out and was outraged that the players hadn't been consulted and that the ATP hadn't been consulted. And I, I guess it. There, you could argue, right, let's get everybody around a table. We've got September to the end of the year to play with. How are we going to do it? Where's Wimbledon going to go? Where's Roland Garros going to go? Well, it seems like they don't have a, a huge amount of, of control. They clearly have no say in what happens <laughs> at Roland Garros because they weren't even consulted. So I can understand people saying, like, look, we should have all worked together, sat down, and figured out how we're going to share out these final weeks and make it work the best we can for everybody involved. But I can also understand it from Roland Garros' point of view saying, well, there's no reason as to why we would be a priority at that stage of the season with the whole clay court swing being wiped out. So we're just going to have it. These are the best two weeks available. We're having them. There has been a mixed reaction to Vasek Pospisil, as you said. There have been people, and as again, I, I don't have a player's head on because I've never been a player in that situation. And, and yes, like you, you know we're losing a lot of work because the tournaments aren't aren't taking place and that is the same for the players but they come from it from a, a different standpoint and they're saying look we weren't consulted we it's time for us to be consulted but then there's a lot of people saying to Vasek Postal hang on a second now is not the time to be sort of hashtagging unite and let us be heard you know there is there is something greater than this developing we don't know how it's going to develop and Roland Garros have taken this decision to in a way the players should be happy that all being well with the world the Grand Slam will take place because as we've spoken about before the Grand Slams are so lucrative for the players in terms of getting in, playing possibly across three events in the mix, the doubles and, and the singles. That can be a very healthy payday for players. So while there was no consultation, we believe, and they said, right, we're going into these two weeks, surely as a player, you've got to be thinking, well, I've lost this much in terms of earnings and incomes. And I could be scrapping around at a, a 250 or a premium mandatory or whatever it is, whoever you're playing for. But the chance for a Grand Slam to take place and possibly back-to-back -back Grand Slams financially is a good thing for the players. 100%. I think the only people that can be annoyed are the people heavily involved in Labour Cup that are promoting that. It's obviously Roger Federer's baby. Um, and the ATP now have made it an official tournament. So I can totally understand being annoyed about that. But that's not what Vasek Pospisil is annoyed about because he wouldn't be playing in Labour Cup. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that is probably for me the one area of friction. But it, it's a quite a new event. I don't know, it's very difficult. And the Labour Cup have come out and said, like, look, it's going ahead as scheduled at the moment. It's sold out in Boston. Um and okay, the French Open is going to be happening at the same time, but this tournament's been booked in for a while. So for me, that's the big problem and they're going to have to fight it out themselves. 
Um, but everything else, yeah, it's just great. Look, get to, they could have cancelled it. They could have said, nothing we can do, we're going to have to cancel it because they can't physically play it with the restrictions in place in France. So they they could have just said, oh, we're just going to cut our losses this year and you know try and try and do better next year. But of course, we've got the, the roof we were anticipating, the night sessions. Oh, you know, I was thinking about the weather because someone said, wow, you know, Paris in September, October is going to be pretty chilly. And I said to them, have you been springtime in Paris? It can be pretty chilly. I remember a Roland Garros that was so wet. My bones were wet. They had to call off play at midday one day because the rain was so torrential. And I know it's slightly different now because, uh, as you mentioned, the roofs are coming into play, etc., etc. But uh, it's it's very rare that I'm basking in beautiful hot weather in springtime in Paris. (laughs) So in terms of whether it's September, October, you never know the weather might be... But there's lots of things that people are pulling up. And the big thing from a player's point of view is the switching of surface and the switching of surface so quickly with there being. And I know, look, some people are going to lose first round of the US Open, so they've got a little bit more time. But you're getting to the latter stages. You do not have a lot of time to get yourself from Flushing Meadows to Paris and to change surfaces. Look, it's an issue, but it's just the way that it is. Players are fine. They switch surfaces so frequently, of course, four times a year. And... Okay, you don't necessarily go from a hard court grand slam straight into a, gr- a clay court grand slam. You have some build up weeks to get used to it, but ultimately you still go from a hard court tournament to a clay court tournament, and people will play those matches very close together. So I don't think that is a massive issue. It's not ideal. But everything is far from ideal right now. It's, we're not going to get ideal. Ideal is gone. It's, it's just it's gone away, and we just have to have and accept what we've got and I think that that was probably the smartest and the best decision that the French Open could make and okay they're probably not going to have Roger Federer play I imagine he will stay committed to the Lever Cup and he wasn't going to play Ronald Garras anyway he was going to miss the clay court season but do you think this now makes it a tougher decision for Roger Federer because it's been easy for him to say look I'm not going to play Roland Garros because one year he was injured then he was like it's not good for my body and I'm having to take care and I'm getting a little bit and everyone understands you've got to look after yourself Roger because we want you playing forever is largely the thought so everyone understands Roland Garros are disappointed but they understand that he's getting on in years and he wants to play for as long as he can now he's not saying that now he wouldn't be saying that now he'd be saying well I'm not playing your tournament I'm fit and healthy and I'm going to play what some people still regard as an exhibition event. Does, does that make it slightly more different for Federer? I think it makes it different for the other players. I think for anybody else to walk away from Roland Garros and play Lever Cup is very, very difficult. But I don't think it's that difficult for Federer. He has barely played Roland Garros over the last five years. And he wasn't planning on playing it this year. So plans just haven't changed. It definitely looks a little bit worse, the fact that he's, it's not because he's injured. Um, and he's just, but then to be fair, okay, this year he said he was injured, but a couple of years ago when he wasn't playing, he just wasn't playing. He just said like, I'm just not playing. My body doesn't want to do it. I don't want to play. But then his body is going to be doing something else at the same time. So that doesn't, that doesn't work. He didn't say, well, I'm, my body's not going to do it. So I'm going to play this other tournament somewhere else. This time he's going to be saying. But it's a lot less tennis. It's only a week long and you don't play as much. You don't even play every day as Roger Federer. But he hasn't been playing most of this year due to injury. 
Yes. <laughs> neither, neither has anyone. Yeah, look, I, I do see what you're I'm saying. I'm just playing devil's advocate here just to see if, if it changes. I, I know he's so heavily invested in the Labour Cup, but just, I don't know, from a, from an image or a reaction point of view, I'm just wondering if that changes things. I see what you're saying, but I just don't think he'll care. I, I really don't think it's a big deal. I think he will care the fact that other players will have to make the difficult choice and he's going to have to do some serious recruiting to try and fill up those spots with Roland Garros underway. So I think that will be his main concern. He, I, I reckon he's probably already said, I'm definitely in. If, the, if it goes ahead, he just needs to find more players. Shall we put together some Labour Cup teams as of this moment? So we've got Team Europe against the rest of the world slash America. Less rest of the world. <laughs> oh, wait, when is is Labour Cup the second week or the first week? Uh, oh no, it's the first week. <laughs> no, wait, September twenty fifth to the twenty seventh. Ah, uh, okay. So technically, you could lose early in Roland Garros and get to Boston. But what if you suddenly went on this dream run in Roland Garros and you were due in Boston? Well, then you oh. <laughs> Well, you can't commit either way, can you? So basically, so so Roland Garros starts September 20th. Yeah. Labour Cup starts September 25th. Yeah. So first round and second round losers could come to Labour Cup. But I'm not sure, would, would Federer want Labour Cup filled with first round and second round losers? I think it's the word losers. So this year, the sold out Labour Cup features Roger Federer and a bunch of losers. Exactly. We don't know who yet. Could be anyone. Okay, so give me some names now who you think, if they said, right, it's Labour Cup or Roland Garros, would pick Labour Cup. Kyrgios. Right, yep. That's that's two for team... Uh, well, that's one for Europe and one for the rest of the world. Jack Sock. Jack Sock. Oh, a bunch of the Americans. A, because Jack Sock might not get into Roland Garros. <laughs> and he does well at Labour Cup. So we're giving... Yeah. So so you're thinking maybe the John Isners might prefer Labour Cup? Yeah, look, it's being played in Boston, isn't it? So I think the Americans for Team Rest of the World, even though sometimes I accidentally call it Team America or Team USA, <laughs> I mean uh, Team Rest of the World. So normally... You'd be looking at Anishikori, but I'm sure he would probably want to play Roland Garros if he plays. <laughs> Is he still playing tennis? <laughs> well, I was hoping to see him at the Olympics, but I'm uh, not sure what's happening there. I mean, that's another big thing. I mean, Kevin and... Oh, yeah, of course, the Olympics. Sorry, I was just off on my own while I was trying to get this team together. I was scrambling no, no, the team keep, no, around. Keep, keep, there is so much to think about. No, yeah, let's, put, let's keep putting the team together. I'm, okay, we'll I'm, get to the Olympics in a minute. Okay. I think that Team Europe... I'm trying to put people in Team Europe. Team Europe's going to struggle because you're going to have no team, Dominic team. Uh, I imagine Zverev's not going to play. No Zverev. Uh, no, no Nadal, of course. We've got, we, we, I thought it was just a given. No, right? no, no sits a pass. Well, hey, maybe it's going to be Team USA's year. They haven't won it yet, have they? Or Roger Federer is just going to... Can you imagine if he won it single-handed? Yes. <laughs> that would be so depressing for, for Team Rest of the World slash Team USA if Roger oh. Federer said, I'm just going to carry this and I'm going to... It's Look, Roger Federer on his own is still a phenomenal draw. And for, <laughs> those people, for, the, for the people who have bought a ticket, as long as Roger Federer is still playing... 99% of them will still be happy. Yes, but I can. Uh, I think I can safely say we've seen Grumpy Federer uh, on occasion. I think that behind the scenes he is absolutely fuming at this decision. But 
as I say, I think you've got to say to Roland Garros, fair play, they got in there first. Wimbledon might, if, if Wimbledon states are compromised, then they're going to have to come up with another couple of weeks. Might be straight after Roland Garros. <laughs> we might go three slams back to back. And we should say that the US Open, in the statement from the USTA, said that they still haven't, that it, they might still possibly move <laughs> the US Open. <laughs> so Yeah. Well, we don't, we don't know because it, it, it that date could still be compromised as well. And uh, but the US Open, they had a bit of needle, didn't they, in their in their statement. They were clearly not happy uh, that they weren't consulted, neither was uh, the ATP, and they said that they would be consulting Labour Cup as uh, <laughs> as the FFT did not. So look, I didn't think that tennis could get any more divided, but uh, let's check back in September and see where we stand, whether everything's fallen apart. I've been looking at the rankings, trying to put together a Team Europe, and I'm just getting a really strong Team Rest of the World, yeah. <laughs> if possibly some of those players play. And, and Team Europe is struggling yeah and no Djokovic we forgot about him that's going to be a given he'll play Roland Garros who's Djokovic ever played Labour Cup he hasn't has he no 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 No, it's it's a Rafa and Rogers show isn't it really but who would you who'd be the top pick for Team Europe behind Federer Federer (laughs) I'm just trying to find someone else anyone you Um, think could be convinced anybody who hates clay your, your top 10 and this is a mix of everyone Djokovic Nadal team Federer Medvedev Tsitsipas, Zverev, Berrettini, Monfils and Goffin. Okay, well, none of those are going to play <laughs> Labour Cup, I'm afraid. Fanini, he likes the Labour Cup, but I think he's going to play Roland Garros. Yeah. Um, uh, Stan Vavrik, no, as a former French Open, no. Oh, I know, no, and I think, I think Fed was probably, he might not have been planning on picking Fanini again after his loss to Jack Sock last year. How about Dan Evans? <laughs> he, he's yeah. pra- he's practiced with Federer's doing well in the rankings maybe he'll give it a I, it's possibly look- oh god it's going to be really hard so we think Federer will will nail his Labour Cup colours to the mast and that will be that do you think Nadal will have to sacrifice one to win the other if they are back to back defending both the US Open yep. US Open, French Open, double. Yep, defending both. But I think it's even even tougher than the uh, French Open Wimbledon double back when there was only a couple of weeks. So what do you think? Six days. I think I don't think he won't play the US Open, but I think it will be that sort of situation where losing in sort of the quarters might be a. A blessing in not disguise. Not be the worst, yeah. Might not be the worst thing in the world. Yeah. Or is this going to be the opportunity? Is this going to be the opportunity for Dominic Team? He's going to say, ha, Nadal's knees are going to be all over the place. And he could he could storm through. He's been waiting for this. I mean, we always say about Nadal, don't we? What you got to do is disrupt him. Change his rhythm, kick his water bottles over if you're up for it, underarm <laughs> serves, whatever you can do to take him out of his comfort zone. Well, I tell you what, Dominic team, the French Open has moved. It's moved to the end of September. You cannot be more disruptive than that. Surely this, if anything, is going to disturb the rhythm and the routine of Nadal. This could be it. Ah, uh, nobody's got time. He has time. He has time to prepare. He has time to ready himself for the disruption, for the fact that this is a year like no other year. It was strange. When we were talking yesterday, I was still, there's a little bit of me that thought 
maybe it was more hope than expectation that Roland Garros would go ahead. And you were like... Well, that's, that was silly. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. I know we'd have very different outlooks on life. You are much more positive than I am. But, but we did actually record the pod yesterday before uh, the announcement came out and we had this debate. <laughs> that for positivity, see me. Um, don't see Naomi. But no. I'm I'm now... F- I, I don't know what to think about Wimbledon. I, I don't really know what to think about anything and everything changes so quickly. And, and as we've said, and we say it again, tennis is not important at these times in the grand scheme of things. But while we're talking about the tennis calendar, um, you know, more and more people are saying they don't expect there to be tennis this year. Yeah, I, I, I might be one of those people. I'm not expecting there to be no tennis this year, but I'm preparing for it. I'm preparing for the fact because I kind of have to financially. <laughs> Um, but I'm I'm preparing for that fact. I think that the earliest we will get tennis is the US Open, the absolute earliest. I I cannot see anything else going on. I know we have a lot of international listeners and obviously a lot of the grass is in Britain, well, with Queens and, and Wimbledon, but I suppose mainly the focus is just on, on Wimbledon. And, and I can tell you that it's it's looking like uh, things might be at their worst around that time in terms of the predictions. <laughs> Whether that means anything, who knows? Because the predictions seem to change every single day. So that is, um, yeah, for me, I it seems like that's just not going to be able to happen. But um, it could be that the first tournament back is the US Open. A little bit of disappointing news due to the rescheduling of Roland Garros. Oh, we can now no longer take part in our 10K race. Oh, no, is it on the same time? Okay. <laughs> it, they didn't consult the organisers of, of the 10K and it clashes. So wow. we have to, but I think because we started the training, we've also got a lot of time to train and to walk. You have a lot of time to walk Sven. So I think we still have to keep it as if maybe we're doing it. I think we still have yeah. to aim for something I think so we should find a date where we can both do the 10 a 10k either together or if we're in isolation apart um and I'm still going <laughs> to hold my two mugs that's I'm, I'm going to hold two mugs as I run around but there'll my be no one mugs. there but the, the the good thing about the 10k there would have been spectators if you just run on your own with two mugs I I just I just I just don't know how to feel about that well, <laughs> it's just weird <laughs> I'll take I'll take a picture and make it sort of worthwhile but I did commit to doing that so I feel like I I really should um but yeah oh that that is dis- that's that's disappointing but look there are lots of other races and and I feel like it's not the top of my concerns at the, <laughs> the moment as much as it's heartbreaking <laughs> I just wanted I just wanted to I just wanted to put it out there just in case yeah. you had it in mind for your I mean how what else are you are you are you isolating are you going what are you doing to keep yourself together in these times well I I'm currently on the nothing unnecessary uh, so I'm at home, except I go for a run. I walk the dog, of course, not coming into contact with anyone, not touching anything. And I might go to the shop to get food if we need it. But that's uh, that's about it. Been doing that since Sunday. And um, yeah, it's absolutely fine so far. Look, it's going to get tedious. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. <laughs> They're talking about months of this. So, uh, but yeah, it, it's fine. Ben is doing the same thing, really. So just not contacting anyone, not seeing anyone. Um, I am going to run a few errands for my parents today because they're, of course, older. And uh, we this might be one of the last days that we've got to actually move about and do anything. We might go into complete lockdown. So just trying to make sure that they're, they're ready and prepared and all stocked up uh, before that potentially happens. 
Yeah, we have already staged one family intervention for my father who is in the, the vulnerable category. Um, my brother rang and said, oh, he's, he's going to the pub tomorrow for lunch. <laughs> and he said, I tried to tell him and he just went very silent on the phone. It's when the sort of children become parents <laughs> and, and he wasn't listening to me. And he just kept going, uh-huh, uh-huh. So so I then gave a call saying, look, I've heard this rumor that this can't happen. And again, I got the silence and uh-huh, uh-huh. And so I really had to sort of tug on the heartstrings and say, you can't do this now. Come on, be sensible. I know it's difficult. Um, so that table was cancelled, didn't go to the pub. Oh, event, intervention was successful. But then my mum pops up and said, well, I'm off to do this on Thursday. And we're like, oh, my word. So I think I think my brother and I can have a busy time either staging interventions or as long as we both stay healthy, sort of sitting outside their front because we all live very close to each other. Right. Um, we're, but we're, we're keeping, it's quite heartbreaking. We're keeping the children away from my parents just from what people have said that children wonderfully don't seem to be affected as much as other groups of people but they can be carriers they can have it and because my parents are in the vulnerable category it's it's pretty heartbreaking but you know we're, we're sort of facetiming and sending little videos but we're keeping them away and we're explaining to the boys why well, I haven't seen the grandparents and we're starting to have the whole coronavirus conversation but it came immediately after the conversation about head lice and nits so for a while the twins thought that grandma had nits and that's why that's why they couldn't see her so I I had to I had to set the record straight that she doesn't have head lice that I know of um but it's it's something else so it's just you know we, we haven't wanted to worry them too much because they're only four and, and what would they understand and they're still at school today as of as a Wednesday, they're still at school. That's probably going to finish soon. So we've been trying to sort of drip feed them so as not to worry them. But yes, we did have to separate head lice from coronavirus, which which was a conversation. Yeah, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine, I suppose, <laughs> both bugs. It's so difficult, isn't it, for, for the kids? I, I get what you mean, because you need them to kind of realise what's going on. But also, I mean, there's nothing really they can do apart from washing their hands and keeping themselves hygienic but that's kind of your job really <laughs> it's less less their job uh, especially if you aren't really um if they're not really contacting anyone once the school's closed so lots of difficult decisions but um don't want people to underestimate how serious it is and I feel like a lot of people really are now and you know look we had various governments around the world uh, dismissing it as something that wasn't particularly serious in the first instance I remember that uh, most of the news that I was digesting seemed to think like it was just a, a mass hysteria and all this sorts of thing. But then I really changed my opinion when I actually started looking up, going onto YouTube and watching particular videos or listening to podcasts, interviews with experts um, and actually hearing them talk for more than sort of a 30 second soundbite and actually listening to them talk for about an hour and that sort of thing. And I <laughs> thought, oh, because, you know, when Indian Wells, when Indian Wells cancelled, that was when I thought that I should kind of just seek out a bit more information about it because I just like I just don't really understand what's going on. Um, and then uh, yeah, it's 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 definitely as serious as as people fear. But there are some people who just aren't they're not doing anything, are they? They just living life as normal and not um, not caring. But I can also understand people who don't recognise how serious it is because it changes so quickly. Four days ago, it was business as usual in this country. And then suddenly it's, please don't leave your house. So <laughs> it's very, it's, I think it's been quite difficult, quite confusing for 
everyone. And I think at, at least the the players, when it comes to tennis, I think they seem to have realised that playing tennis, it's not going to happen anytime soon and it's not the most important thing. And that's that's it. How do they view this time? How do they... Because they are... They are, are they professionals? They're still professionals? They're not professionals? <laughs> yeah. We don't have any professional tennis players anymore. <laughs> we don't have anymore. any professional tennis players at the moment. But how do they prepare for something? We're sitting here not sure when we are going to work again. But we're not having to, yes, we're doing our runs, we're keeping ourselves sane, but we don't have to stay in peak physical condition. How, as a player, how do you, how do you know... How do you prepare for something that you don't know what you're preparing for and when you're going to be doing it? Difficult for goal-orientated people, I think. <laughs> they just want a date to to focus for and that goal is just constantly changing. So currently, so we've lost the French Open. Have we heard anything about Madrid and Rome as of today? Not officially. Right. Not not as of, as of Wednesday, 10 a.m. UK time. But I think no. that... It, under current circumstances, those would not be able to go ahead just in terms of the, the laws and the rules and restrictions in the countries right now, one imagines. And maybe it would just be deemed with Roland Garros having moved and the situation in those respective countries, especially, it is just better. I, I can't see them going ahead. It, it would be, I think, very unusual if it restarted with Madrid and Rome. Yeah, and for people listening who, as I say, might be uh, international listeners, if, if you're not from Europe, uh, Spain and Italy are the two worst uh, at the moment, although many other countries catching them up. So, okay, so the next, so basically start of the grass, that's their current goal. Players, you've just got to work to that current goal. I think it's a bit like being injured, as in you might get a serious, you might get some tendonitis and they say, okay, it's going to be six weeks. And you work to six weeks, but then you come back and there's still a bit of pain. And they say, okay, another six weeks. And Or if it's a more serious injury, something like Andy Murray's kept having to push it back, push it back, push it back. Um, Bianca Andreescu, she has uh, come back too soon. And you, I think that's probably the only way that you can think of it. Although it's possibly better than being injured because A, you're not actually injured. So that's a win. And B, <laughs> um, everybody else is not playing as well. So if you're injured, like... Murray, Del Pocho, Andrescu, the rest of the tour is continuing without you. You've got to sit at home and watch it. But uh, in this situation, nobody's doing anything. So I suppose it's almost a little bit better than being injured. So I think players don't need to be too frustrated. Most players have dealt with a good chunk of time out um, of their schedule. And there'll be some players that'll be using this to their advantage in terms of healing up, resting up any niggles or injuries that they have. And there'll be others that will be trying to train the best they can. I know that Joanna Conta has been posting um, Instagram pictures about doing sort of just her home training. She's got all the weights from the gym. She <laughs> clearly cleared out the gym and she's got basically it all set up in her home. And she's doing it herself because for some players, they can't even train right now. They can't go to a tennis club. And I imagine that will be the same for us in this country at some point where those things will, will close down. But... Um, yeah, it. I suppose it's the only way I can kind of get your head around it. But look, this is totally unprecedented. You just got to go with the flow. And I wonder what it's like for, especially the players, the top end of the game, who have a big entourage, because these are unprecedented times. The point where you're having to keep your distance, largely. I mean, I did see a video recently of of Daniel Medvedev, who seemed to be training with his team 
in a in a garage. The door of the garage is open and he was on a bench and doing some weights. But for a lot of people, they won't be allowed to be near their team, whether one of their team has contracted it or they're in one of the vulnerable groups. And that must be quite strange for players who are used to, what, 10, 11 months of the year pretty much being supported by a big team who go everywhere with them and do everything for them. Yeah, and... It is, it's going to be a real change. I wonder whether it's going to shake things up. Look, if we do start with US Open and, and French Open as the two big events, I think we're going to get some strange results because you're going to have some people who won't have been able to train much at all. Others might be in areas where they were allowed out and there were less restrictions. Who knows? So oh, I, I don't know. But in terms of how it works financially for players with their teams often there's a clause in the contract not all the time because this is one of my biggest bugbears when it comes to uh, the structure of tennis particularly with coaches is that there's no standard across the board I always compare it to something like golf where you pretty much have about a 10% uh, sort of deal with your caddy plus some little extras here and there and some other details that you'll work out individually but that's kind of the standard sort of rate whereas in tennis there is nothing. It could be anything from basically being paid expenses and a cut of prize money to being paid a salary of a million dollars. As you know, we've seen somebody like Brad Gilbert when he was working with Andy Murray was paid by the Federation and was earning millions. So there, there is no no standard at all. And you will have some coaches who are pretty much on a um, a percentage of prize money paycheck. Well, there ain't any prize money anymore, so they won't be getting very much or pretty much nothing. You'll have others that are on more of a retainer, but often there's a clause in the contract saying that if I'm unable to play tennis for any reason, then uh, your wage will drop down. Sometimes it drops down 50%. So that was what I had in my contract. Other times it drops all the way down or it drops down for a certain amount of time. So say I'll pay you 50% for three months and then it's down to nothing or whatever it might be. But again, it will be wildly different from case to case. It will be very different at the top of the game uh, to lower down. It, it's, um, it will be interesting to see sort of how that's, that's figured out. I mean, they, the agents do a fairly good job with contracts. So maybe a force majeure is in there as a specific clause as well, which is what this will fall under. So um, yeah, maybe we'll see some coaches potentially being let go I don't know we haven't heard of anything yet how are things for your brother and at Loughborough and the training centre up there um well I haven't actually checked in with him in the last 24 hours so it could be completely different (laughs) but uh up until that point they had to stop going to any of the junior ITF events which is what they were mainly doing because, well, they decided to not go. And then later that day, the ITF cancelled them anyway. Um, and the ITF, I think, have moved fairly quickly on on most things. Uh, they cancelled the Fed Cup finals early, which I know is a bit of a bummer because you were supposed to go. I know. I wasn't working on that one, so uh, I didn't care so much. But, <laughs> but I know for you, oh, it was not a supportive great. friend. <laughs> oh, I know. <laughs> um, but at least they gave you good time about it i suppose is that a positive yeah they said you could know you're now free to find work elsewhere oh right uh-huh. yeah <laughs> and then in the in the rest of tennis and then the next day monte carlo's cancelled oh right that's that week gone <laughs> yeah i know right um yes yeah, so the junior tournaments uh were cancelled i think one player had to come back from a tournament in spain which was just basically just cancelled in the middle of it they were through it was like quarterfinals semi-finals and they just said go home um, but no one got stuck anywhere, which is the main thing, because I know of many people who uh, didn't ignore advice, 
because the advice was still business as usual but maybe in hindsight having thought about it more going on your ski trip to Italy 10 days ago was not a smart move Uh, and so I know of many people that are stuck they can't get home Um, and this is (laughs) this is something that uh, I find kind of interesting and I think maybe it's because I've traveled so much as a player Uh, and I mean you're the same you've traveled all over the world as well but just in terms of how flights work now there have been, travel bans have been imposed in the US travel bans in Europe as well or and travel restrictions sometimes some countries borders are just closed but when it comes to flights they go there and back so as in like a if a plane has a hub in a country say it's a, a British it's a BA flight and it lives in Britain at Heathrow Terminal 5 you know it will fly there and back that's the route that it does and sometimes it takes a day to get there and a day to get back sometimes it takes an hour there hour back that's what they that's what they do and so people i think were under the perception that if they got somewhere so if they went to Italy well if they did start closing things they just send us all home but if they're not allowing flights in there's no flights to there's no plane to go back if the flight doesn't come in from the UK <laughs> it can't take you back uh, so a lot of people have been caught out by that either stuck in the states i know i know people stuck out in the states stuck in italy stuck in france as well and that was something they didn't understand i think they thought so i even heard somebody say well well trump will want everybody to leave he won't mind you know, of course he'll stop people coming in but he wants everybody to go like as in we want to go home he'll be like yeah sure go home but there isn't a plane (laughs) the plane is still in london that's where it lives it stays there everything's been grounded so that um that that's caught a few people out who thought that as long as we can get there before the travel ban comes in we'll be able to get home it turns out (laughs) that's not how it works Do you feel like telling the listeners why you're a little bit stiff today? Oh, I I said this to you at the beginning, didn't I? Oh, my God. So Ben decided, my wonderful husband, decided that we would do a press-up challenge. 100 press-ups a day. Doesn't sound like much, but I'm telling you to try it. 100 full press-ups a day. Um, We're doing it in kind of blocks of 10 or 20 through the day. But I haven't started yet today because I'm so stiff. Honestly, I tried to wash my hair last night and it was just the most... You know what it's like? I had to keep taking a break and like drop my arms and let the blood flow in. Oh, I've got full doms. So I think that by the time we work together again in... uh, When am I next going to see you? Probably 2021. I'm going to be so, so ripped in my upper body. (laughs) Can we unrecognize? Remember, I've still got your wedding present and your present from Australia. Okay, well, you're probably going to miss my one-year anniversary, which is in July. And this this could test a lot of relationships, this self-isolation. You know, a lot of people are going to be sort of locked in together, like it or not, for for a good amount of time. But I like so true. I like the way you and Ben do it. I don't mean I I hate press ups. I I hate press ups. Oh, they're horrendous. I'm really bad at them. I I just can't do them. Just visit. Just my body doesn't do press ups. So I'll I'll try something else. I'll I'll try a version. I'm not going to do that though. Yeah, I said do something like lunging or something. Just lunge around your house everywhere you go. Just so, permanently. Lunge. So, is it quite weird in your in your where you live? Is it quite weird that you just walk along and suddenly one of you drops to the floor and starts doing press? No, no, no. We, we're in the flat. We're not going anywhere. <laughs> no, but within the flat, does one of you sort of I don't know walk into the sitting room so drop to the floor and just ten? Yeah, literally, that's exactly what happens. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah. And are you going to change it? Is it like, I don't know, next week are you going to do 100 lunges or is it just, no, why is it just, yeah, but if you're, if you're in isolation for a while, you can't just do press-ups. I know, but. Because I th- then you're going to look completely out of proportion. I'll also do other things, but this is a, this is a uh, challenge for doing it every day. I, but there's no end point in sight. I think this is just until we're allowed to go back to normal. So <laughs> I literally will have massive pecs. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my word! Oh, well, one hopes. If if um, if anyone out there has got any other ideas for challenges, and also if anyone's got any tips for homeschooling, because I have a feeling mm. that sooner rather than later, I'm going to be homeschooling. Now the school have been great, and they've already sent home packs and ideas and websites to look at. But I just I just don't know if I'm disciplined enough. I don't think I was disciplined enough as a pupil, and we we had reading last night because we have to do their books. And they sort of read together and one's quite smug because he reads quite well and he's like telling his brother all the words. And then, and I'm trying to sort of be serious and quite disciplined, like, oh yes, this is, you know, spell this out. And then we had the other night when one of the boys, you know, they do the phonetics, they say it phonetically. And, and he said, it was jump. And he said, j a m p And he looked at me, big eyes and went cat. <laughs> so 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 I start laughing and I, which I know you shouldn't do and his brother's like uh jump and then there was there was yes so he goes yes and so you know you say just blend it say it quickly say it faster and faster and he went Liz and so I, at this point I can't stop laughing so he's looking at me going is that right and then it's it's his four-year-old brother who's telling him it's wrong because I'm laughing so I'm not sure homeschooling is I'm very good at it, basically. <laughs> it's but a, it's a good start. <laughs> but I know, I know there's going to have to be some structure, because when you tell the boys there's no school, they're like, brilliant. This is like Saturday and Sunday every day, and their dads bought them a, a Nintendo Wii so they can play tennis and Mario Kart and all those other kind of things. So they're thinking snacks, computer game typey things this is going to be brilliant. And I'm thinking, oh, wow, <laughs> we we need some kind of structure. So if anyone out there has got some, maybe they do homeschooling anyway. I mean, do you have any tips for me for homeschooling? No, other than be brutal. Be so strict. Come on, <laughs> imagine, imagine if a four-year-old looked at you, spelt out lamp and then said cat, you would, you could not be serious. Exactly, okay. exactly. If I was allowed, I would come around and sort it out. <laughs> <laughs> I even think that would make you smile. I just, I might be calling you in when things settle a bit. I'm going to call you in to do some homeschooling because I think you'd be pretty good at it. Ooh. So, if anyone's, Ooh. if any, <laughs> if anyone's, if anyone's got any tips, homeschooling tips, how to keep two four-year-old boys entertained if we're in a situation when we cannot leave the house <laughs> for 14 days, then then do please let me know. Um, and any questions, any, cause I, I, we were thinking yesterday that it might get quite difficult with the podcast in terms of subject matter and things to talk about, but I actually think we're going to be fine. We've got your pecs to keep an eye on. We've got the, <laughs> we've got, we've got, we're going to have like before and after shots. We've got that. We've got the homeschooling and also the, the tennis world. I mean, this is, as we've said, tennis is not important in the grand scheme of things, but in terms of what we're talking about and what we talk about, 
it's it's an ever-changing situation. Yeah, uh, there's a, a fair amount of squabbling going on as well within yeah. the tennis world, which is uh, always entertaining. Bit of gossip, you know, when people get bored and they don't have much yeah. to do in their lives, they like to gossip. So that, that is what we're going to do. We're going to gossip. Or do press-ups. Yep. Yeah, and do some, <laughs> some press-ups. Um, but I reckon there's a good chance that all this squabbling might come to nothing. Tennis might tear itself apart and they still can't play in September and October and it'll be scrapped again. And then they'll be trying to bump the Australian Open out of the way in January. Who knows? There is optimistic Naomi for you, just to round. Yep, thanks for listening. Now, neither of us can say we've got to go because we've got to do something. Because There's not an awful lot to do at the current stage, but I'm going to keep practicing for the 10K run that's not happening. Yes, good work. Okay, you go and you've got to just bite the, bite the just do the press-ups, yeah. just do it. I don't Come think on. the press-ups will help with the 10K. No, but it's your challenge. You can't let Ben win on day whatever it is of the challenge. Three. Oh wow. Okay. So you've got to you've got to get going. And and if people would like to if there's any questions, if people there's certain things people have always wanted to know about tennis, then this might be the right time. Absolutely. Our website, which I believe is still active, <laughs> I believe. Uh Twitter, Instagram, you can find us all tennis out there. And yeah, l- l- let us know about what you would like to know about because we do have a little bit more time, but I think I mean but the big message, isn't it, to everyone is just to stay safe. And stay at home. Stay at home, stay safe, and we will we'll be back in another week. And, and who knows what will have happened, wherever it will have happened. And good luck with the press-ups. Good luck with the pet challenge. Thanks. I'm going to try now. You know we should get people to sponsor you. Oh, good luck. <laughs>